Welcome back to Bachelor on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we're talking about Michelle Season's first impressions, understanding anxiety, and ways to grow. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. Gotta pull up my notes. Notes, notes. Liv, how excited were you for Tuesday's episode to drop? I feel like I couldn't sleep Monday because I was just like, oh my God, it's back. (laughs) I was laughing. I'm like, I've watched this series for so long. And I was talking to my friend. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be taking notes during it. And they looked at me and they go, don't you normally take notes during it? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, my roommate was like, uh, don't you have to like, what are you doing? Are you taking notes? Uh, do you have to like really focus, concentrate? And I was like, yeah, like, don't talk to me. Turn up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was really great. I'm really excited. So um, we got to meet all the guys yesterday. Yeah. For everyone listening at home, I want to just preface this by saying, I apologize. I know no one's names. Um, I'll be giving nicknames. I am really trusting Liv to know who I'm talking about and hopefully help you know who I'm talking about. But I feel like my nicknames are pretty clear. Yes. And I feel like I have the name, a lot of the names down. So I got you. I got your back. Don't worry about that. I don't know how you do it. I think my brain goes, there's so many of them. It's not worth learning their names. Well, you kind of have to soon. Challenge accepted. Anyway. Was it 25 guys or 30 guys this season? 30. Jesus Christ. That is so many. They piled in and they rolled out. (laughs) (laughs) Who were some of your favorites or your top three if you had to choose? Unlike Jenna, I know some of them by name. So I'm going to, you know, (laughs) use their name. (laughs) Um, Definitely my top, top choice so far is Nate. Um, the sales executive guy with the earrings. Earrings. I refer to him as earrings. Earrings. Yes. <laughs> and then I think Spencer was the financial crimes analyst person. And he was the one, if you saw our Instagram story, I posted how he had all this like different like shampoo and body lotion and stuff in his bathroom um and I was like oh my gosh like so much self-care I love it so he's definitely one of my favorites too did Tasha and Caitlin go into his yes he was one of the ones she they went to the room one of those one of those okay and then I really liked Brandon who was the traveling nurse recruiter and honestly I just liked him because he was a traveling nurse and I I work with nurses all the time and they're awesome so yeah what about you that's really wholesome I definitely had earrings on my list of top three that I really liked his teeth are phenomenal yes like he's got such nice teeth I did think it was weird he was like I've never seen my parents kiss before but like that's that's something we can address later but uh (laughs) (laughs) um he was definitely in my favorites I liked him I liked the tyke firefighter, the firefighter who came on the little tykes truck. Oh, the little tykes, not the, the huge little, truck. <laughs> little tyke firefighter, not the big 
fire yeah. truck, the tyke, like, you know, like tykes, like the little mini cars. Yes. I loved that. I thought that was so cute. And then also I'm a hoe for like a stupid cheesy pickup line. I, oh, I thought there was a fire, but it's just a smoke show. He had me. I was in his hand. He had me. So you're one of, you're one of those who likes the, uh, <laughs> the pickup lines. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish like, it's so cringy that I love it. And then my other one that I really, really liked was he was the D1 football player. He had the teacher stick. He had her like spank him. I thought that was like so cringy. I loved it. I think Clayton, is that me remembering a name correctly? Maybe. I think you might be right. He was a football player. He gave her the teacher stick yes. and then um, she like hit him with it. It was kind of, it was so cringy that I was like sold, done. That's some, that's some kinky shit, Jenna. Are you into that? like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Who did you think was going to get the first impression, Rose? Honestly, I guessed it. I thought Earrings was going to get it. I thought their conversation was really good. Body language wise, just everything in that conversation, I thought they were like really connected and in. And you won. Where's my prize, ho? Winner, winner. <laughs> I was really struck by that conversation about putting yourself into uncomfortable situations. And I feel like we talk about that a lot in therapy sessions and with clients when they have anxiety, putting yourself in that like really scary situation or scenario. um, And you might be physically uncomfortable, emotionally uncomfortable, but that's where you learn the best. That's where you're able to grow. That's where you're able to uh, use coping skills and see which skills work for you. Um, So I thought that whole conversation was really great and like normalized being in the uncomfortable, even if it sucks in the moment. Definitely agree. That conversation, because it is such like a deeper conversation and it is such a deeper theme, I really not only agreed with it, but I thought that really helped contribute to them connecting on a deeper level as opposed to like the other guys present. Because that whole situation, I mean, this entire show is probably super uncomfortable for a lot of them and throwing themselves into these awkward, weird situations and seeing what they get from it. Right. And like being willing participants and throwing themselves into the Mm -hmm. awkward thing. We might experience awkward, uncomfortable things that we try to run away from or avoid. But when you seek them out, you offer yourself that opportunity to grow, like you were saying. Yeah. And I think even if you try to push those uncomfortable feelings away for myself, I even, you know, if I'm feeling all these like negative emotions and I try to push them away and not actually be in the moment and feel them, it gets worse. I don't know if that happens for you. Well, that's actually um, almost like perfectly goes into, if you understand how like anxiety works in our brain, it makes sense. And I'll talk about this a little bit later, but when you push the uncomfortable things away, it teaches our brain that we can't handle them. Temporarily, you might feel better, but all that means is the next time that uncomfortable feeling comes around, it, it gets worse. And so by pushing it away, you might think you're helping yourself when in reality, you're perpetuating this discomfort. Right. So it's really about retraining the brain. Yeah. Okay. But of all the guys, who did you think was going to get the first impression, Rose? I definitely thought that platter guy, entree guy was gonna get it just because I loved his entrance I thought that was so clever 
I honestly that he like stayed in the freaking like entree costume forever <laughs> really just like that's my type of humor he stayed in there so long so long and that to me that wins a first impression rose <laughs> like get down on one knee I'll marry you right now <laughs> that's a commitment you're like this is a committed man exactly and food like who doesn't like food yeah but he couldn't eat the whole time because he was in the cart I would feed him. (laughs) (laughs) What's really funny. I actually focused on him. I did like a therapy progress note, which I thought could be really fun just to introduce to our listeners. um, One of the ways that clinicians might take notes on either a session or an interaction. Um, These are the things we like send out to insurance companies so that they know to pay for your therapy services. And I did mine on entree plate, man. Is what oh, I really? Referred to him in my note. Entree Plate Man is the client's name. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> For those listening at home who are unfamiliar, there's a couple different formats on how notes can be taken. And this is merely one format. Most are pretty similar, but there's little differences. So mine kind of starts with a mental status exam, which basically all that means it's a lot of fancy words to basically talk about just how someone is presenting in that moment. I thought general appearance was appropriate. I thought his dress was eccentric and a little bizarre. But then um, when he eventually emerged from the food cart, I felt it was appropriate in that nice navy blue suit he was in. Unremarkable motor activity, no ticks or like any goofy things happening. Appropriate interview, appropriate speech, very cooperative. He was a little anxious, but also super happy, like so excited to be there. I thought that was very uh, evident. His affect he was super reactive but like in a very pleasant way like very congruent very like jazzed I docked him on judgment slash impulse control I said he was only fair instead of excellent because um due to the fact that he arrived in a food cart and stayed in it the whole time that I felt was not probably the best judgment but I guess in terms of live you're into that kind of thing yeah the horrible judgment I just love. Give them to me. Give them to me. <laughs> but his memory seemed intact. Attention was pretty good. Everything was pretty appropriate. No like thought content. He wasn't having delusions, perceptions, wasn't having hallucinations. At so least- you think he wasn't having hallucinations about, you know, maybe being a food type <laughs> thing? <laughs> I don't think he thought he was food. I think he um just does is one of those like takes a joke way too far Mm. but overall I did put his functional status as intact we'll see if that stays true yeah I feel like the first impression was you know intact for now intact for now (laughs) again remember the mental status exam that is how they are presenting in this moment it can change moment to moment the next part of the note goes to risk assessment There wasn't any clinical indications present of any suicidal ideation, planning, um, desire, nothing like that. So denies all areas of risk. We zoom past that one. No medications to my knowledge. Um, Also, it wouldn't matter if he was on it. Like take the tools that you need to help with what you need anyway. (laughs) Yes, we love medications. Yeah. So then it goes into subjective report. So subjective report is the things that come up either that the client says that maybe the clinician might notice. So in this context, the client would be entree head. 
and uh, I would be the clinician, even though I'm not really there. It's more of an observation. I noticed there's a lot of intense eye contact and his pupils were hella dilated. Wow. You picked up on that. How could you not? I think I was too focused on his perfectly cropped hair. But his body movements, he was like leaning forward, like very towards Michelle. It was very like direct towards her. Super eager. Um, he demonstrated that and some things he said, like I can feed you food or something. And he also said like, I want to find a wife, have kids and have a family. And then Michelle also stated that she felt there was chemistry. Like she described him as charming and charismatic. And I picked up that he was super energized and very alert. Mm. And then objective content is basically really boring. It's just what happened. He was wheeled up to her body and head, not visible, and then revealed via lifting of food metal cover to demonstrate a well-kept suit, hair brushed and perfectly quaffed. I thought that was so important to add. His hair was what like- What even mean? Like neatly messy. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it was, was probably from like the oil from the salad dressing or something. Probably. But yeah, they discussed snack options, how the lettuce on his platter was out of reach, so he had been starving most of the night. And they introduced themselves and explored similarities in the relationship desires. No interventions were used because, again, this isn't a therapy session. I wasn't there. (laughs) And then for additional notes or assessments that maybe don't fit into subjective or objective, I wrote monitor for anxious attachment style, which we can go into another day. For plan, so steps moving forward, I wrote, may benefit from journaling about maintaining presence and current moment, as opposed to getting swept up in emotions and moving the relationship forward in his head when it's not moving forward in reality. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I had in terms of clinical notes on him. I was very impressed by him. Little too eager for my liking, but like, it was a vibe. Yeah, I think, I think the platter really did him in. Pros and cons about the platter. (laughs) pros and cons about the platter I'm glad it worked for you yes it definitely it was more of a pro for me speaking about how all of these men who are there are really putting themselves out there in this uncomfortable position did you notice or did anything strike you um about kind of the group of men all together yeah um so as You mentioned how there are different types of uh, notes. We also, as therapists, do group notes. So we're looking at their mood, their affect as a whole, instead of just focusing on um, the individual person. So I actually did a group note for the men, all 30 of them. All 30 of them. (laughs) All 30 of them. Before the rose ceremony. So at the cocktail party or whatever you call it, I guess, where they're mingling. (laughs) Are they all still like on the couches and stuff? So they haven't stood up for the rose ceremony yet. Got it. They haven't stood up yet. You know, they're drinking, they're mingling. It's probably 6 (laughs) a.m. Yes. (laughs) So the first kind of section of the group note is the theme. So obviously the theme for this was pre-rose ceremony and then going into the mood and affect of the group I definitely picked up on very you know panicky anxious um (laughs) they even you know mentioned that that 
they felt panicky and a lot of them were like oh I'm gonna have a panic attack so they even named what they were feeling we love a man who expresses his emotions yes yes (laughs) (laughs) I felt a lot of chaotic energy you know some were standing up drinking some were sitting down some were making eye contact with each other some were not so definitely some chaotic energy up in there and also some disheveled energy (laughs) yeah just very all over the place no real rhyme or reason to what was happening (laughs) yep (laughs) um the next section which is kind of like a description of what the group entails so that's similar to the theme it was the uh when they're all sitting around at at the couches pre-rose ceremony I said uh they were you know drinking champagne they were mingling you know, trying to get one-on-one time with Michelle, um, just kind of like chatting to each other. And then going into assessment, the men appeared to be engaged with each other, although there were numerous times where they would shoot dagger eyes at each other. <laughs> I like dagger eyes. So <laughs> dagger eyes. So clinical. <laughs> <laughs> and I said the men appeared to be excited at the mansion as evidenced by their laughter and banter with each other. Some specific group concerns. So we have Joe, who we all know. That's the DM guy. Prior to the show, that kind of fell through. Might be a red flag there. So I put down, I noted, you know, maybe Joe is is a group concern. Maybe we need to look out for him. And then for the plan, I said engage in anxiety coping strategies, which we will go over later. But that's a lot of mindfulness, maybe some meditation, put on the Calm app, <laughs> listen to some calming music, <laughs> do some grounding skills, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Wow. These men should really pay us. Right? Fly us out there so we can debrief them. They would have much better experiences if they could just use grounding skills. It might take away from the television, but oh my God, they're, they would all be better for it. Exactly. <laughs> we just kind of want to go over what anxiety is, some psychoeducation around that, and then some helpful coping strategies for anxiety. Yeah, I think that might be a good idea since we're coming right off the bat and demonstrated in that rose ceremony. I think a lot of the men there, but just a lot of people in general would really benefit from having a better understanding of what's going on in our heads and how we can help it. I know I'd love to. (laughs) As a CBT therapist, kind of behavioral therapy for those at home, a lot of the work that we do is focused on understanding anxiety in the brain. And it gets a little scientific. And so I try to make it as approachable as possible because I am not a scientific individual. But when you look at anxiety, anxiety comes from the part of your brain. It's the amygdala. It's in the back of your head. It's like right above like the nape of your neck. It's around that area. But it's called the amygdala. And that controls all of your emotions. And it's small but mighty. It's about the size of an almond. And this amygdala controls our emotions. And this almond can be really powerful. When it comes to anxiety, the almond is doing its job, right? Anxiety is to some extent good for us. If you think about back in the day when we were cavemen, anxiety was the thing that told us to 
Maybe don't put our hands in the fire. Maybe run away from that scary bear. Maybe motivating us to go hunting so that we eat. Anxiety is a motivational tool. It is a thing that keeps us away from harm. But what happens when this amygdala starts labeling things that aren't truly harmful as a red flag, as really dangerous, it sends messages to our bodies and to the rest of our brain and to our bodies that like we need to get into fight, flight, or freeze. And so maybe your body starts sweating. Maybe you go into a panic attack. Maybe it's hard to breathe. Your heart's racing, right? You get this physical reaction to this anxiety. Sometimes, again, it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to prepare you to get away from the thing that's really scary. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations, though, where we're uncomfortable, but we're not necessarily in harm's way. And I think the rose ceremony is a really great example of that, where they're extremely uncomfortable. They're extremely maybe worried or scared, but they're not in harm's way. While the body is getting ready to like fight, flight, or freeze, they really are just standing there waiting for their names to get called. So what can happen when your body is in a constant fight or flight mode? It's mm-hmm. kind of scary. It's kind of, it's not good, it, right? It can't be good for us to be constantly releasing these chemicals to fight, flight, or freeze. Our bodies aren't meant to do that. Right. And I think it's important to, you know, be able to recognize when you're in a panic mode and what those signs are. Um, You talked a lot about like the physical symptoms and everything. And I think um, it's important to know what skills and strategies are out there are available to be able to, you know, calm your body and calm those panic symptoms. Yeah. So Liv, what are some of the things that we can do when you notice that like, hey, my anxiety is firing and I'm really not in danger, but my anxiety is firing. What can we do? Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, just a few that I want to mention. Um, we talk a lot about grounding skills and how we can bring those panicky physical symptoms down to more of a baseline. So a manageable area where you're able to function. Um, you're not in constant fight or flight mode. Um, so some of those skills are um kind of noticing your environment and grounding you to the present moment. So one of those is the five, four, three, two, one skill, which is five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So kind of looking around where, you, where you're sitting, where you're standing, and noticing what's around you. So you're able to kind of come back to your body, to the present moment, to the environment. And then there is something called boxed breathing, um, which is when you can either draw this on a piece of paper, draw it with your finger, or just picture it in your mind, um, a box. I like to trace it with my finger just so you can have that tangible object. Yes. The tangible object. I always like to draw it in the air in front of me. Yes, yes. So what you do is with your finger, you trace up. So you're breathing in for four seconds, holding it for four seconds. You go across, then you breathe out for four seconds and you rest for four seconds. And then you repeat how many times it takes you to kind of get 
to that calm place. And then the last one I have for you guys is something called progressive muscle relaxation. So that's when you are tensing and releasing the muscles in your body. Um, And this kind of allows you to feel that opposition. So you're really, you know, you're tense and then you're you're breathing out, you're releasing all of that stress and tension. And so you can start at your toes or you can start at the top of your head and you're just really tightening each muscle group on its own. So say you're starting at the toes, you want to really tighten and curl your toes, really tighten the bottom of your foot, the top of your foot, and then you work your way up through your legs, your stomach, your chest, your face, your forehead. (laughs) And then at the end, you do a full body tension and release. Those are the skills I have for you for this time, but I'm sure we'll go into more next time. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of like ending on some skills. Like not only are you getting takeaways of like little maybe insight nuggets, but you're also getting takeaways of things you can do sans therapist. (laughs) (laughs) We are your therapists now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy. We love it. Normalize therapy. Awesome. I think that's all we have for you today. We didn't really want to dive in a whole lot to the whole notebook guy. Um, I think we can all call that bullshit. Um, That BS though. That BS though. Like kudos to Michelle for trusting her gut. Intuition. We trust our intuition. If you feel a red flag, it's probably a red flag. There are red flags. So many red flags all around. Listen to your gut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's all we have for today. So that's that. Bye.